When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. everybody welcome along to the rangers rabble academy review our first of two live shows tonight um at 8 p.m we will have our look ahead to the hibs game so please do tune back in and join us um for that but right now we're focusing on everything academy um and of course as ever joining me is mr academy himself Hogan morgan Hogan, how are you i'm good thanks mate i i'm enjoying the really cold weather in the house so it's great Oh, the radiator in this room's broke, so I am absolutely freezing. Now, we've got a couple of updates to run through before we jump into the academy stuff. Um, people do sometimes message me and ask, um, we see the ads at the start of the, of the videos, Martin, um, and you've got memberships. Where does that money go? And William, um, we made the decision very early on um to start sp- sponsoring certain different aspects of the club to put the money back into the club and one of those was um to sponsor the b team player and the b team player that was sponsored was darren McAnally and you and care were up at the training center yeah it was it was nice obviously you had been contacted by the club and they'd asked if anybody was available to go up on the monday i'd obviously spoke to you first <laughs> obviously you weren't available to do it and i was off work so me and Kerr went up. Um, it was nice to see the kind of inner workings of the, the training ground. You don't get to see that very often, in all honesty. Um, so we, we were around at the the sort of indoor training pitch that they've got, where they do obviously some work in the winter time when you can't really go out on the grass like it was on Monday because everywhere was just white all over because of the frost. Um, so I look, it was nice to see all the players. Like, like sort of Connor Young was there, uh, Robbie Fraser, Aaron Lyle. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. I'm pretty sure Kelsey Ewan was there, Jacob Pizikas. A lot of the guys were kicking about. Um, but we were obviously there to see Darn, which was great. Um, he was in getting a wee bit of treatment at the time, so he came out to speak to us. Very generous with his time. Even when me and Kerb were probably talking utter nonsense, he was quite happy to chat. Um, big thanks to Darn as well for the signed jersey. That was very much appreciated. Um, I sent him a wee thank you message afterwards. Um, for his time, because I know at the end of the day, 
you know, we're not really that important. So it's more important that the boys are playing and winning games of football and developing their skills. So it was nice that we take time out to come and talk to us. Yeah, um, obviously it's a, it's a sponsors thing. We know how players normally do feel about sponsors, but um, no, like I say, it was lovely with the club and getting contact. It was great for Dan, obviously, to give up some of his time in the signed jersey and stuff. And we'll go into signed jerseys and stuff like that um, in a wee bit. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. Channel legend, the Batch man himself, John Batchelor, um, with another eight ninety nine super chat. The, the the money that John's put into the podcast has been unbelievable, and stuff like that helps us to to spend money on sponsorships on match days and and sponsor players and stuff like that. So, uh, John. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, if it's your first time tuning in, please do like and subscribe. I, I do. I, I get that most of the views on these come after the live show because we, we tend to do these a wee bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And obviously, six o'clock may be a difficult time. Um, excuse me for some people to tune in. So, if you're rewatching, thank you. Please like. Please subscribe. If you're in the if you're in the comments just now, give us some questions. Um, I know William enjoys answering all the questions um, and, it, and it helps the show go on a wee bit longer as well. So like, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you want to join as a member and help us to help support the likes of the Academy, the first team, etc., etc., then do click that join button below. Um, the link for that is also in the description. Um, so, well, where will we start this week? Yeah, you could probably look back at the East Coast game. Obviously, the two of us were there, yeah, wasn't it? Very, very surprisingly, well, it was rather frosty. Hi, <laughs> that's very nice to put it that way. You know, it was absolutely freezing. Um, I actually really enjoyed the game. You know, I thought it was two good teams going toe-to-toe. East Coast have a very good squad. You know, you see that when you see them out warming up. You look at the guys that have played in the league, you know, so you know you're up against it. I thought we'd created some great chances in the match, obviously none more so than, than the penalty that we won, but unfortunately Aaron um, missed the penalty. Out with that, we had some other really good chances. Aaron, again, I think had a couple of the best ones, one-on-one with the goalie. Um, but look, I think a point against East Cobride isn't a bad point. Um, certainly one of those. I mean, that's four points out of six we've took off East Cobride. If somebody had offered us that at the start of the season, we would have probably taken it. It would have probably been another way around, though. Probably a home victory and then a draw away from home. But it transpired that we won there and then had a draw here. But, yeah, I was really happy with the point. And, obviously, we were looking forward to another game there at the weekend against Cumbernauld Colts. But, unfortunately, the way the weather's been recently, it's meant that the game was postponed. And I don't know what's happening with this Friday's game against Galaferidine. But I'd imagine it must be in some doubt as well just because of the weather. Uh, and obviously the Rangers were supposed to be playing under-18s, were supposed to be playing Dundee United under-18s tonight. Um, obviously that was postponed due to the weather. And it was a game that for several reasons I would have liked to have got to, um, but unfortunately I can't. Can I just address, right? There's a few people in the comments commenting on my hair, right? I'm going to be brutally honest, very, very brutally honest. I fell asleep on my chair. And then I woke up about quarter to six and I had no time to fix my hair. So I've tried my best. So could we just lay off um, my hair, please? That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, uh, Very quickly as well, of course, um, Argentina tonight, William, are playing um, Croatia. Borna Barisic is part of that Croatian side. I know it's not youth-related, but just really, really quickly. 
Um, if he manages to get some game time or he plays, we obviously wish Croatia, William and Borna all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it must be an amazing feeling for Borna, you know, to be semi-finally a World Cup. You know, that's something that I'm sure every player dreams of. Um, I know he's only played like the one game so far, but, you know, you're part of the best players in Croatia. So, you know, you're at a World Cup. It must be an absolutely unbelievable feeling. So all the best to Borna. I'm really looking forward to the game tonight and tomorrow night. Hopefully it's two really good physical, competitive attacking games. Um, but yeah, hoping for Croatia to get through and maybe Borna to play in the final. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? It very much would. It very much would. Right, okay, back to the youths, William. Uh, the East Coast Bright game, I think it's very telling where we are right now with it with the group of youths that we've got um for people that maybe don't don't follow the youths as much east Kilbride were very much touted as not running away with the league volume but certainly being first if not for second and challenging basically for the league yeah. people have likened them to bonnie rig rose from last season who won the league except people and myself included have said that east Kilbride actually look a better team than bonnie rig rose um, so for us, especially on on the game the other night, we were the, uh, personally. I feel we were by far the better team. I think our players dealt with it very, very well, and all it was lacking was was a finishing touch. Yeah, that's basically all it was, mate. It was just being clinical in front of goal. And you can say that at any level, you know, whether that's the under sixteens, under eighteens, the B team, the first team. When your opportunities arise, you need to take them. Um, on the night, we didn't. Don't get me wrong, East Kilbride obviously had a couple of chances. I think they hit the post um, and they'd one or two other good chances. But yeah, look, I mean, I always look at things from a Rangers point of view. I was disappointed we didn't take the chances we created, especially the penalty. But yeah, I think when you look at that East Kilbride squad, there's probably not many stronger in the league. I still think over the season, open goal will be right up there, you know, once they do find that level of consistency. And like Trinent have done really well. You know, I think that was probably our toughest game of the season, as I've said earlier, one of the earlier podcasts. The 2-2 game through there, I thought they were very good. And I can see why, you know, they beat Darvo and why some people who I've spoke to think they could go on to win the league as well because they've got a very good squad and they are, especially at home, very, very dangerous. Yeah, possibly Darvo. Um, well, I was going to maybe... Say something about Darvo, but I won't. Um, we will we will move that. Um, Curry Muncher, uh, East Kilbride are getting a bit of money thrown in, in their direction. Um, was there talk about them going semi-pro? Yeah, look, I think when you look at that squad of players, you know, if that team was to play in League Two, they would probably fancy their chances. Can you talk about that just quickly, Wally? The, the, the kind of players that they had because there was a few. Um, ex-players from uh, was there one from Hearts um, they had quite a bit of experience in that team. Yeah I mean like that squad of players they've got, I mean there's guys who have played in the Prem, guys who have played in the Champ guys who have played in League 1 and League 2 you know a, a large amount of that squad have got league experience so when you actually look at it you know they've got some serious seriously good players at that level and the same with Open Goal, when you look at Open Goal they've got a lot of guys who come through at like premiership clubs in terms of the academies. You know, some of them played at that level, some of them played in the championship, some of them played League One. Do you know, so like these are two two good teams. And in reality, you know, the B teams are mainly younger boys who are 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. 
Whereas these two teams have got the experience of playing at that higher level and stuff like that. So I think that's why at the start of the season, many people felt they would be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. And I, and I do think they will be. And the fact that we managed to control the game, um, like I say, control the game, create the better chances, look the better team, although East Coast had a couple of moments. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. Bud in a minute again, because um, I thought Bud was excellent again. Um but the, the, the fact that we had the wherewithal we control that game, Wally, and create the chances, is this a special group of players that this B team have got? I think we've done better this season than what I thought, if I'm totally honest. Um, obviously, the, at the end of last season, guys like Leon moved up to the first team. Adam Devine's mainly spent time with the first team. Kyle McClellan left to join Hibs. Tony Westerman out on loan, Cole McKinnon out on loan. Just like these guys were really important. Obviously, Jay Hogarth as well. So, like, I kind of worried this season that maybe because of the amount of changes that we maybe weren't going to hit the ground running. But to be top of the league, to be a few points clear, I think we've got two games in hand on East Cobride, I think it is. So, yeah, look, it shows you that you shouldn't maybe kind of prejudge things. But like the reality is, this squad of players have done exceptionally well, but the second half of the season is probably going to be even bigger because, you know, if we start picking up a couple of niggles, if maybe one or two go out and loan, that might be where the difference is at the end of the season, whether we're good enough to finish first or second or third, etc. Yeah, look, we get this question all the time. I'll just quickly address it. Um, can Rangers B get promoted to League 2 or higher? No, no. We, we cannot move out of the lower league yet. Um, hopefully that's something in, in the future that's maybe in the pipeline about what they do in Spain and stuff like that but as it stands right now um, no, we cannot get promoted out of the Lowland League, which brings actually a question, Willie, and look, this is very premature, I understand that right? but if we keep going the way we're going and David McCallum keeps doing the job that he's doing and we do somehow manage to finish top of that league, which by the way would be an unbelievable achievement um, do we get a trophy? See, this is speaking of something that's been kind of debated, I think, this because I don't know if they ever envisaged a B-team being good enough to win the league. So, officially, we wouldn't be promoted. That's, like, my understanding of it, because obviously that was something that was set out at the start. However, they never said anything about not being awarded, to, like, a trophy, because the team in second, if it wasn't Celtic B or Hearts B, would then go into play the team that finished top of the Highland League. But yeah. they've never said anything about being awarded the trophy. So that's an interesting one. Maybe that's something we could obviously ask the club about and get get that feedback. Because at the end of the day, we would have won the league. So it would be interesting to know that. But we have known since the start that there is no promotion for the B teams. Yeah. However, being awarded the trophy would maybe be slightly different. But then that's where the kind of whole, you know, you're awarded the trophy, but you're not getting promoted thing. And that is where some people obviously are against the B teams because they think it becomes a bit ridiculous that potentially if East Coast are trying to finish second, they're the ones that are going to come up and play the winners of the Highland League. Do you know? Yeah, that would, I know. I, I think if... Me and you spoke about this, and I think it, it what needs to happen first, because we live in Scotland, we live in a very backwards country when it comes to trying to promote football. Um, I think what has to happen is a Rangers or a them or a Hearts maybe have to finish first in order to prove mm. that they can cope at this level to then maybe have the discussion about possible promotion. Yeah, and I think that's just something that does need to happen. 
you know, obviously for a selfish point of view, I want it to be Rangers, you know, but I do understand that there's a lot of things in Scotland that need to change for the benefit of the game, and it's not just about Rangers here. This is about getting the best young Scottish players playing early enough where they're going to get developed earlier and get into first teams earlier and help the national team and everything else. You know, you can't tell me that it wasn't a benefit for some of the guys to play last season who are now out on loan. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a benefit for Leon to a point last year that he played meaningful games for Rangers while they can oversee his development, etc. stuff like that. Now Leon's in the first team. It looks like he's about to sign another new contract, which I'm delighted about. You know, Leon's a great lad. Um, he could never have been more helpful over the years to me whenever I spoke to him, saying his mum and stuff like that. Well, actually, you you were clo- not close, but you knew Leon, and, and and I was with you a couple of times when you spoke to his mum and dad. Um, was there ever any worry for you that he would not back a contract at Rangers to go to you know, a club down south? I mean, I never got that feeling from them, but you know, if somebody throws a lot of money in front of you, of course, anything can change. Um, Leon, to me, is is a guy who, you know, he's very happy up here. He's very content. I think his family are very content that he's here as well. You know, Leon's loving the dream that we all wanted to do, which was to play for Rangers. Um, So from my point of view, I'm just really happy that he's here. And it certainly looks like he's going to be extending his stay at Rangers, which, you know, at the end of the day, I'm never happier than seeing young players coming into the first team playing for the first team, you know, standing out in the first team as well and, you know, being rewarded with a new contract, which I'm hopeful is the first of any for Leon. I know he'll know he'd be here forever, but I'm hopeful that he's going to be here for at least another good few years yet. Um, as many of you may have noticed, that's my boss home. So I was told to turn the lights <laughs> on in the Christmas tree. My apologies. I was, I was listening. I was paying attention. Um, if we go for Leon... To another youth team player who has came up into the first team, um, played in the friendly against Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, actually, but it brings me two points. It brings me to two players: Adam Devine and Robbie Fraser. There was a lot of talk before the Leverkusen game, obviously, by Yelmaz still being out injured, yeah. and Robbie um, and Borna Barisic still being at the World Cup. That Robbie Fraser would naturally come in and take that that left-back yeah, yeah. slot, um, as Robbie is the captain of the B team. Were you surprised it was Devine? I thought it was a 50-50 call. I thought it would either be Adam or Robbie. Adam's obviously got a wee bit more experience, so you maybe felt as though he had a slightly better chance, just because he's been training with the first team a bit longer, and obviously he's been in and around the players more. Um, but I'm just glad Robbie got on. You know, for me, that was something I wanted. I, you know, I felt it was important that Robbie's consistency over the last 18 months in the B team deserved that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that the club need to look at as well. You know, the guys that are performing week in, week out in the B team, if they don't get their chance now, then when their contract, you know, is due to run out in the summer, you know, so what reason are you giving them to stay almost? You know, and this is the problem you've got. Like, there's got to be this pathway into the first team and I'm hopeful now that Robbie's been given that we might see him staying at the club because I felt like if Robbie's not been shown that pathway he's not really been given a good enough reason to stay and for always a Rangers fan and his family are very much that way as well that 
shouldn't stop a young player looking to move on, just like Kyle did when he moved to Hibs, because he feels as though he's maybe going to have that better opportunity to go somewhere else. Um, I just wanted to touch on one of the questions that one of the guys had asked, because I see it's, it's sitting there. Any chance for a update on Finlay Curtis? I've seen he's the B-team debut all week. Um, yeah, look, Finlay obviously has played some games for the under-16s as an overage player this year. He's played quite a bit for the under-18s, where he's done really well. Um, I know there was a tweet put out recently to say that Finley's been offered his, his pro contract. I don't know if that's been signed or whatever as of yet. Um, but yeah, Finley's very deserving of that. And it was great to see him come off the bench for the B team because the effort he's put in over the last kind of six months or so to show the club that he's good enough to get that contract is very much deserved. Yeah, and it was it was something that you pointed out to me at the game actually that you were you were very very pleased for him to come on. Um, I think him and Bailey Rice as well, being similar ages, um, to, to be able to, to, to come on shows that you know there's trust there in him and Finlay. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, like we continue to say to people that there should always be development in every group. So when you look at you know. If you're good enough under 16, you should be playing in the under 18s. If you're good enough in the under 18s, you should be in the B team. If you're good enough in the B team and you're performing regularly, there should be a chance to move up and train with the first team, to develop with the first team, to maybe even get on the bench, etc. And this is something that the club need to do. I mean, I think I've said openly on here a couple of times now, you know, the Ringers under 16 squad is a very talented one. Um, and I think there's quite a few boys in that group that are going to get a lot of attention this summer from other clubs. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that obviously all the lads do stay at Rangers, but at the end of the day, the club are bringing good players through the system and, you know, the gradual kind of shown over the last few years with Nathan, with Robbie, with Cole, with Jay, you know, just to name some of the guys, like we could basically get through every single player that's made his, his debut at some point or he's been involved with the first team. You know, it's fantastic even to see like Connor on eh, Connor Allen on the bench a couple of times in the European games. I mean, what an experience that is for him. Do you know Archie Stevens getting his debut in the cup? Paul and Seal coming on. It's just this is why we've got the academy. This is why the club continue to put money in because, like, the long term view has to be that we develop players because it's going to save us money further down the line. And when you look at somebody like Leon, if Leon goes on to play a hundred games for the club and we've not really had to pay him a transfer fee, etc. to bring him into the club, and he helps like the homegrown quota when you play in Europe, etc. all of these things, it can only benefit the club further down the line. Yeah, well, obviously, Leon now is a, a firm fixture in the first team. Um, I'll let you answer CGM's question in a wee second, uh, Willie. Um, I but I just want, I want to come back to, to Adam Devine and, and Robbie Fraser. The reason that I brought it up, um, was just something because obviously Adam Devine's a right back um, and Robbie's a left back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so does that maybe tell you that in terms of bridging that gap between B team and first team, um, that Adam Devine's slightly ahead? Oh yeah, look, I don't think anybody could argue that in terms of even in the, even not in his right position. Yeah, because I think the thing with Adam is like he can play at left back. It's you know. It's always in his most natural position, but he can play there. And obviously, Leon King can play there. So, like, obviously, there is other options there. Um, I was just hopeful because it was a friendly game and there was the opportunity for the manager to look at it that he might have started Robbie. I get why he started Adam, but it 
as I said earlier, it was great to see Robbie coming on. I'm so happy for him and his family that he got that chance. And, you know, he's got to pull on that first-team jersey at Ibrox. You know, that's something that most of us can only really dream about, having that opportunity to do that. And listen, we've both spoke to Robbie. Um, it, it wouldn't mean more to many than no. it would to Robbie to pull on that blue shirt at Ibrox, 100%. Um, we do have a giveaway. Um, thank, thanks to William and his persistence. Um, <laughs> as, a, as, as I incorrectly put first, but I have changed it and I have updated it, um, it is a jersey signed by all of the B-team, William. That's correct, yes? Yes. We're just waiting to get it from the club, basically. Um, I think I've annoyed enough people that basically they broke down and kind of said they would do it. So, yeah, that's... We're hopefully doing it as a Christmas giveaway. That's the plan. I, I still haven't got the jersey on me kind of thing. However, because of the game's been postponed and everything's been kind of put back, um, so hopefully we'll have the jersey as soon as possible. The idea is to do the giveaway and then announce the winner on Monday. Yes. Well, obviously, we might not actually have the jersey by Monday. That might no, be What we'll do is, um, I'm going to make it easier um, yeah. for everybody. This is going out on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. Um, but what I'm going to do, just to make it easier, just so I can get back to you easier, um, after the show's finished, um, come back on a YouTube, just YouTube, and just put into the comments, hashtag Rabble, R-A-B-B-L-E. After the show's finished, not in the live chat, because the live chat doesn't save. Um, so after the show's finished, wait for it to finish, come back into the bottom, put in a wee comment on YouTube only, hashtag Rabble. Um, and I'll look through all of them. I'll put, I'll get all the names. I'll put them in a wee hat and I'll draw a name. And then I will reply to you on your comment, hashtag Rabble, yep. for your email address. And then we'll get you sorted once we've got the jersey. That's the easiest and simplest way to do it. You know, we'll do it live. We'll do a video. Like sort of Martin will do a wee video where you might be put all the names in the wee hat and he'll just pick one out and show you it. So there's no, you know, we're not giving anybody a jersey just because we know them or we're friends. Well, see, no, I did see, I did see my sister-in-law in the comments and I thought to myself, well, I might get this jersey, but do you know what? <laughs> Fair enough. We'll do it yeah. live. But, I mean, hopefully further down the line, the idea is to do more and more with the club to get more things happening so we can give more things away. The club have been very open so far to doing so many things and that's been mm -hmm. great, you know. Um, even yesterday when we were up there, it was great to talk to other people, you know, um, and they're obviously kind of, you know, like sort of looking at the podcast, and and I think that's great for us. You know, we're obviously doing something right that the club are willing to to kind of work in partnership with us at times to give us things that we've asked for, which is which is something we could never have envisaged at the start, obviously. Well, it's, it's only because people tune in and watch. If people didn't tune in and watch, yeah. um, then none of this would be possible. So, thank you very much. Right. So, yes, there's two questions. There's one from Curry as well. Yep. Um, but we'll 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 go on this first, Wally. I'll let you respond. Yeah, basically the boy's name's James Wilson. Um, he's an attacking player. He's a player that we've seen play against Rangers a few times. He looks a very good player. Um, I think there's obviously English clubs sniffing about the lad as well, as well as Rangers and Celtic. Most most players that do well in Scotland are obviously going to be chased by Rangers and Celtic. That's just the you know it's the nature of the beast, really, idea. Um, but obviously there is English clubs involved, so that always makes things more difficult because you know that they can basically blow anybody out of the water on a financial scale. Um, I believe Rangers have spoke to the player, etc. It will just be interesting to see what his decision is. I mean, like the kid could even stay at Hearts because he sees his pathway. 
is is better. They've obviously played a very young B team at times this year. Mm-hmm. Very young teams. Um, so he might think that his progression's better staying at Hearts, but I'm sure we'll hear more on this in the coming days and weeks. And he's obviously not the only one that Rangers are looking at. So um, just keep your eye open because I think Rangers are working quite hard in the background to get more deals done. And yet again, I think the English market's one that Rangers are really interested in. Because to be able to bring in Zach Lovelace and Archie Stevens and guys like Paul and CEO, etc., who's slightly different because came from a private academy. But I think there's definitely value for money, shall we say, within the English market. And that's something as well as the Northern Irish lads who Rangers will continue to bring in. I think the English market's something that will definitely... Can you can you give us any names, Willie? Will I wouldn't like to do that for pure fear that Craig Mulholland might choke me. <laughs> yeah, probably would. Yeah, yeah so, but yeah, also, but also, I think, no, I mean, what I was just going to say quickly is at the end of the day, the players that we are looking at are players that are probably going to make us better in the main. Yeah, look, we're not going to get every transfer right because just like at first team level, it's never going to be 100%. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. I was going to touch on the Kinetic Foundation, yeah, um, because it's not just obviously teams that we look to get players from. Um, and see James put in the boy from Chelsea. I'll ask you about him in a wee sec, because I've totally yeah, forgot yeah. his name. Um, but we also look at things, and we, me and you were both talking to Craig Mulholland about this, that the Rangers are very excited about. It's not just other clubs we look at getting players from. It's from um, the Kinetic Foundation, which is, what's the best way to describe it? Yeah, street, okay. street football? Yeah, look, I think, I think it's fair to say that you know, like some of these private academies and stuff like that down in England, they're kind of changing the way that clubs look at things. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we've signed players from other academies as well, and um, like sort of creative academy have been up here playing recently. And um, obviously, you've got Kinetic, who obviously we signed uh, Kevin Kiabataru from. Um, and Joe Aribo came for there as well. Look, I think what's interesting is the club are looking outside the box. You know, we're not just sticking to the mainstream and looking at you know, like certain clubs. I mean, because I think a lot of people think that let's just look at the guys that were let go by Arsenal and Chelsea and Tottenham and Man United. And you've got to look at the bigger kind of picture of things. Like sort of Cole McKinnon was somebody who was basically still kind of kicking about schoolboys football to a point, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he signs for Rangers and he does well for the, you know, for the A-teams and the B-team and now doing well at Partick Thistle. Same with Conor Allen, you know, he, he basically came from nowhere to all of a sudden sign for the 16s. He was one of the best players in the 18s and he's been excellent this year for the B team. Now he's got a new contract until 2025. So, you know, you don't need to be at one of the big clubs to be looked at, to be scouted at, to be signed by Rangers. You know, it's just if you've got the talent and you're just lucky to play well on certain days when certain scouts are watching you over a period of time, you know, that we dream that you've had since you were a young boy a potentially signing a professional contract to come true. You mentioned a name there that I find very difficult to pronounce, but I will give it my best. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I, I, I genuinely can't say it. I get, how do you pronounce it? Kevin Kiabataru. Well, Kiabataru. That's how I say it. I mean, that might not be the right... You know, we'll so need to ask him, because we'll I hate getting people's names wrong. Yeah, um, but, but, but William, he's quite possibly a new name for people. Um because I know he had a he had an injury, didn't he? And he was out he was out for a while. So he's left back, same position as Robbie Fraser. Um, what type of player is he? And has Robbie got a bit of work on his hands to keep his spot? 
I think Robbie is the first choice. However, when Robbie's not there, you know, Kevin has did well when he's played. I think that's fair to say. You know, Kevin's one of those guys that was with the club a while because we couldn't sign him until he was 18. A bit like the current situation with like Francis Jacobs, we need to wait until he's 18 before he can sign. So like Kevin was in for a while, he was in training and then I think he picked up an injury and then he played some games for the 18s and then I think he picked up another injury. So he's become unfortunate that way. Um, but he's a very athletic lad, you know, he gets up and down that left-hand side very well. He's very aggressive when he goes forward. I think there's still work to be done on his defensive side of things, but you can say that about any young player. You know, there's always something that you could improve upon. And I think the one that I really like about Kevin is that, you know, when he plays the game, he just wants to get on the ball and get forward. And I like that in players. I like players that are aggressive. I like players that want to, to be creative, that want to score goals, to get into good positions. And I think for fullbacks now, especially modern day football, it's important that you've got a little bit of everything. We're obviously kind of in a special position with Tav. Tav does things that most fullbacks just don't do. And, you know, we can't judge every young player against somebody like Tav or Borna. But, you know, when you look at guys like Adam Devine, like Jack Hartness, like Robbie Fraser, like Nathan Patterson, they're all very aggressive front foot fullbacks. And that's what we want to see at Rangers. How do you th- how do you feel he's settling in? Um, obviously, like, he hasn't had a, a massive amount of games. Um, obviously, the, the captains are left back, so I like the first team. The captains are right back, so it's difficult. It was difficult for Nathan, and it would be you know more difficult for Adam to get in and stuff like that. But on the the, the short amount of appearances that you've seen, how do you think he's settling in? Yeah, look, I mean, look, he's always only played a very small amount of B team games this season, but whenever he has played, he's done okay. Do you know, and I think it's not fair to judge a player over such a small period of no. games. It's more over a longer. That's why I think like Robbie's consistency was deserving of an opportunity in the first team. Mm-hmm. You know, that was eighteen months of consistent B team football where he was very good. You know, I think he's got better defensively because Robbie going forward's always a threat. He's got that physicality. You know, he loves a tackle, Robbie, and I think that's just him being a midfield player that he likes that side of the game. So it's great to see him get that opportunity. And I hope he's not the last, you know, that we see breaking through for the B team this season. It'd be nice if maybe one or two others got that chance in the second half of the season if it became a choice for the manager to make. Uh, quite an interesting question here, actually, for Curry Muncher. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a strange question at all. Um, do, do the boys continue their education at normal schools? Um, if so, Wally, do you think that we should be using a private Rangers Academy for them. Um, I've got a wee bit of knowledge in this in terms of my little brother. Um, yeah. But, for example, um, he'd left school and then joined Dundee United, but Dundee United are obligated to put him through a college course, whether it be coaching, physical education, whatever. And I know that that's an SFA rule that, you know, you have to further educate the youngsters while they're at your club. But in terms of maybe, you know, at under 15, under 16 level, Willie, um, if you join Rangers, do you stay in your normal school? I believe most of the boys can I go to school in Mogai as well. Some other guys still go to school wherever they were at school previously. I think a lot of it's just based on, like obviously some of the English guys that are obviously up here now staying with, with people or in certain houses, they'll go to the closest school that's available to them a lot of the time. You've obviously got other guys who, you know, 
are still going to school at other schools where they're from because they'll travel to and from the training centre, whether that's with their parents or whether they're driving and stuff like that. So yeah, look, there's a lot that goes on. It's not it's not like the boys just all of a sudden sign for the club and they stop their education. I think the most important thing now for a lot of clubs that you talk about is that clubs make players aware very early on that it's such a small percentile of players that actually make the first team that you do need to have an education that if it all goes wrong, which obviously we hope it doesn't, that the boys have got a good enough education to then go and have a career somewhere else. You know, and I think I think that's important for the club to do that. You know, the club have, have people in-house that do a lot of education work with the players. You know, there's a lot of talk goes on between the club and the schools to make sure they're still getting enough education time. So, you know, I guess it's just a constant thing. Um, but it is an industry, Wally, where only 1% of people make it. Yeah, it is, mate. And that's the reality, you know. Sadly for all all of these young, talented footballers that play at Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, Mullerwell, all these clubs, there's such a small percent actually make it. And that's that's the sad thing, you know. It's like only the elite make it through. And some guys who are very, very, very good players just fall out of love with the game and then stop playing altogether. There's some guys that maybe you know decide to go down a different career path. You know, maybe they get you know get into work in an office or they become an engineer or they become a plumber or a joint. You know, there's so many things. And and now with the opportunity to maybe play to play juniors or or to play maybe in the lowly league, for instance, you can maybe pick up a wage doing that and then pick up the wage for what you're doing as work. And these guys can sometimes earn more money than some full-time professionals because they're getting money for both sides. So well, Kenny Joker was the, the prime example. I, I mean, Kenny was raking in more money than some guys in the Premier League back in the day. He, was. he absolutely so, was. Um, before we finish up, can we actually touch on David McCallum? Yeah, um, of course. I don't think we've spoke much, actually, about David. Um, lovely, genuine guy. Great to talk to you after the games. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the job that he's doing with the, with the B team, uh, William, with regards to coaching, progress, et cetera, et cetera, um, how do you feel he's getting on? Yeah, well, I've, I've got a lot of time for David. You know, he's always very polite whenever we're there. You know, he's always happy to have a chat. I like the fact he tells you off every so often. That's quite funny. Um, but just one of the most kind of genuine down-to-earth guys. You know, he's, he's always got time for you. You know, sort of win, lose, or draw, he's always happy to have a chat. Um, he's somebody that I'm looking to pester to come on the pod next, you know, so we can sit down and talk to him about his career in the game and his coaching career. Um, you know, what what he thinks the steps are from, like the Rangers under-18s to the B team to the first team. Because obviously there's got to be some pathway there that you see somebody you know, developing and then moving on. There's obviously talks between guys like David McCallum, Craig Mulholland, Michael Beal, Ross Wilson. There's obviously these talks go on with who's ready to make that step up, etc. And I think with Davey, he's just a very good, honest guy. And I'd say we'd love to get him on the pod at some point just to, to talk to him about all things football. I'm on mute. Um, it's obviously a slightly different job he's got in terms of you know it's a B team. It's a you know it's about progression. It's about mm-hmm. um, making uh, boys better and ready for first team uh, football. But just in terms of the job he's doing with this group of boys in this league, mm-hmm. um, is he overachieving? 
Well, I think I said at the start of the season, I thought we would finish, I think, maybe fourth or fifth. So you would have to say we're like, sort of overachieving in terms of where I felt we would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the amount of goals we've been able to score this year. You know, Robbie's scored a lot of goals. Zach Lovelace has scored a lot of goals. You know, with other players like Connor Young, Aaron Lyle, Ross McCausland, they've all bagged quite a few goals. I think there's still work to be done on the, on the defensive side of things. However, two clean sheets in the last two games is good, and it's something we've been kind of desperately looking for. Because at the end of the day, it's always nicer to win one nothing, two nothing, three nothing. Um, but I mean, certainly going forward, we're exciting to watch going forward. You know, we're always looking to get the ball into feet. We're looking to take players on. We're looking to get as many players in the box as we can. And I think I think at one point we were averaging like three or four goals a game, which is impressive at any level, and it shows you the amount of attacking threats we have in that squad of players. And you touched on it there defensively. Um, again, we've spoke about him before. Um, the week previous, he had a wee bit of a mishap, but every goalkeeper does. Um, but Bud, again, coming up with some big, big saves, especially towards the end of that game against East Kilbride. And, and he just, his, perform, or his performances this season better than last season? Is, is, is Bud progressing to a point where maybe if we looked before and we thought maybe, maybe he's not quite at that level? Is he surprising you? I think Bud's had a really good season. Do you know, I think Bud has had a good season. Yeah, he's made a couple of mistakes, but every young goalkeeper will. I think the biggest thing when you're at Rangers as a young goalkeeper is you've got to look at like your career away from Rangers a lot of the time. Because, yet again, you look at the amount of goalkeepers Rangers have had who have gone on to have a really good career elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the good thing for Bud is if Bud was to leave at the end of the season, for instance, when his contract runs out, he would obviously have offers because of what he's done this season, what he's done out in loan previously in the Lowland League. So there would be suitors that would be interested in taking Bud. And to me, that's the most important thing for any young player. See, as long as young players are doing well, and as you know, as we've already touched upon, not everybody's going to make it at Rangers. See, as long as they go somewhere and they find the level that they're happy playing at, and they're getting some money out of it, and they can go and have a career, that's all that matters. To me, what Buddy's showing this year is that he would be a fairly good goalkeeper at low and league level, if not just slightly above. Yeah, and by the way, see for folk that maybe watch the highlights on Rangers TV, he's taller than he looks because he towers above me. Uh, I used to watch him on Rangers TV and think he was quite a short goalkeeper. He's not. He must. He must be touching six foot. Um, I think that's. I mean, I think that's a funny thing. Obviously, being like quite close to him yesterday in the indoor pitch. Some of the lads surprise you in terms of how tall they are yeah. or how physical yeah. they are. You know, when you're up in the standing, you're looking down at the pitch, you think, yeah, he's probably not really that big. But like somebody like Lewis McKinnon walked past us yesterday and Kerr went like that to me. Look at the size of Lewis. <laughs> he's a big yeah. guy. And he so was like... Very deceiving. He's a strapping big guy. You know, like, like, look at the size of his shoulders, how strong he is. And it's freakish, you know, like you look at the size of so many young players now. In the past, everybody was quite skinny and they weren't, you know, very well built. They weren't the most physical. That's changing now. Like you look at the mm-hmm. amount of young players out there that are bigger, stronger now. I mean, Zach mm-hmm. Lovelace is ridiculous. Oh, I ridiculous. Mean, Zach, I mean, Zach's a monster, you know, when you look at him compared to yeah. some of the other guys that are 16. And yeah, it's like it's become a big part of the game now. You do need that physicality. I look at Leon, and to me, like Leon looks as always bulked up. 
Joe Leon looks as though he's, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's quicker. And that's just, see, like playing with men every single week, uh, like having that level of competition, that's a big thing because it forces you to improve. It forces mm-hmm. you to get better. And whether that's going into the gym, whether that's like, you know, like doing different things with your diet, whether it's just doing more on the training pitch, there's so many more things you can do to improve. And I think that's what every young player has to look at doing. And as we've kind of repeated a few times, yeah, look, we understand not everybody's going to make it. We get that. However, it doesn't stop you wanting to improve as a player and wanting to improve where you can play at in your career. You know, you don't always have to play in the lower league. You might end up in League 1 or League 2, but see if you do that a little bit more. What's to stop you playing in the Championship? I mean, I mean, Zach's big enough to play at the World Cup, genuinely, man. Like, <laughs> I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I'm asking him a question, and he, and he gives you that look, but he's like, oh, way up here, and you're, like, you're only 16, man. Um, Curry Muncher, um, now this is obviously the question, the, the main question everybody wants to know, that, that no nobody can answer, only the players can answer that by actually making it to the first team. Yeah. Um, but, but Curry's asking it slightly different. He's asking, is it too soon to promote him to the first team? Curry sell would give it another year. But Wally, we've already seen, obviously, Lowry, McCann. We've seen Devine um, get some minutes. Um, we've seen Patterson come up and go. Um, so is it too soon? Um, for Michael Bill to be looking at a few of these players? Look, I think it's a balancing act, isn't it? And it's something I think we've touched on the pods previously. Is moving up to the first team and training with the first team better than playing for the B team? So you somebody like Charlie McCann that's not really been seen this season. However, he's training every day with the first team. Adam Devine's only played a limited amount of games for the B team, mm-hmm. but he's trained with the first team all season. Or... Is it better that somebody like Zach Lovelace, who's basically played every B-team game, is playing every single week? Because like, what's more important for your development? Is it stepping up to train with first-team players who are obviously better, who will push you a bit harder? Maybe the training's a bit harder. Maybe you just get different experiences at that level. Or is it more important for young players just to play? I mean, that's something I would like... like you know, like sort of people in the comments to say as well, see to you what's more important, training with the first team and maybe not playing as much for the B team, or is it more important to play for the B team and maybe only train once or twice a week with the first team so you're getting the best of both worlds? To me, I think it's it's a latter, where you're having the experiences of training with the first team, but you're still playing regularly for the B team. Because to me, we've spoke to Moholland about not necessarily yeah. about that exactly, but in terms of um, players going out on loan or staying with the club, I think uh, Rangers, um, Dave McCallum, Craig Moholland, etc., they look at that on an individual player basis, don't they? they? They judge it for each individual player. Would it be better to send somebody to League One, League Two, maybe abroad, um, have them training with the first team, or maybe sometimes for a, a, a certain um, individual player, the best thing for their development is to play for the B team. I think it depends on each individual player. It does. I mean, like the argument, like I'm trying to think of what the best way is of saying it because at the end of the day, my attitude has always been that you develop more by playing games. That's mm-hmm. always been my thought process. But it's interesting, as you said, when we spoke to somebody like Craig Mulholland and we spoke to maybe like other people at the academy at times, and maybe. Even maybe some of the parents when you speak to them as well, you know, everybody's got a different opinion. And I think it just comes down to the individual. I mean, 
like also the argument last year was that Leon playing in the Lowland League was a waste of time because mm-hmm. Leon was better than the Lowland League. But he was still training in house. He was still at the club every single day. The club were overseeing his development. He was still in with the first team. Did he gain more from training with the first team every day with guys like Herlander and Goldson and all these other players while playing for the B team? Or is it better for somebody like Adam Devine, who's now been training with the first team for a while but not played a lot of games? Did we see enough of Adam against Leverkusen to say that that's been worthwhile, him training with the first team? Because he knows the players inside out now, like he knows who's going to make the run, when they're going to make the run, because he's training and playing with them more. And this is the like this is the balancing act that you'll have with supporters, parents, players, coaches, and no every player's going to be the same. And I think that's the simple answer is nobody can a hundred percent say for sure that moving somebody up, not playing them, is going to be a benefit. Um. I think what we'll do in the future as well, it's very difficult to try and see every player out on loan because it's hard enough to get to every Rangers game. Um, But we'll we'll try and do some kind of loan review for the B team um, because there is a couple out on loan. But Peter Ferguson's asking uh, what happened with um, Weston. He's obviously out on loan at Partick Thistle. Um, I'm not sure how many games you've managed to see, uh, Wally, but can you give us any update on how he's getting on? I think it's fair to say that Tony's probably not played the amount of games he would have liked to have done. Um, I've not spoke to Tony on this personally, so I'm not putting that out there that Tony said that. But, you know, this is just my opinion. Um, I mean, the club could look at recalling them in January. You know, that's an option the club could do and then send them out somewhere else where he is going to play more. I mean, Tony's another one. I think, I'm pretty sure Tony's in the last year of his contract. So, Having not played much football in the first four or five months of this season, it, it, you know, it, it's not ideal for Tony or for Rangers mm-hmm. that he's not really playing much. And I think that is a concern. Um, obviously, Tony was exceptional last year for the B team. The amount of goals he scored, um, even in a recent bounce game, he scored a really good goal as well. Um, you know, Tony's one of those guys who works and works and works so hard. He puts yeah. in some effort on the football pitch and He's, you know, he's got a knack of scoring goals. I would like to have seen him play a little bit more. Um, but, you know, this is why when players go out on loan, there's never any guarantees they're going to be playing every single week. No, and I think it's also important to point out that just because a player goes out on loan, and I don't know because I haven't seen any of Tony at Thistle, so I can't comment, right? But say, for instance, he goes to Thistle and comes back and it's been a nightmare alone, nothing's went right for him. At Fittle, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to negatively impact his career going forward, Morgan. Because again, we have we have spoke to people within Rangers, etc., that everything's about experience. It is, and I think like sort of Craig Wallen touched on it in the interview that we had with him that not every young player's development is going to be the same. Not every player's experience from a young age is going to be the same. You know, maybe that's. That you keep some players in Scotland because that's where their development's going to be best. Mm-hmm. Maybe some players need to be sent to England because maybe it's something that they need for their development. Obviously, I think Craig touched on a player that they were hoping to send out abroad. That in the end obviously didn't happen. However, it's every player's going to have different development needs, whether it's technical base, whether it's you know down to a more physical part of the game, you know and. And these are things that only the coaches will know a lot of the time because they're seeing the guys every single day. But, mm-hmm. you know, like the club do have the recall option, I think, on every single academy player that's out and loan. So if it, 
if it transpires that the club aren't happy with the amount of game time or the players not happy or whatever reason it may be, the club could look at recalling any of the players, whether that's to bring them back to the B team, whether it's to push them into the first team, whether it's to bring them back because they're just not playing and they might need to drop down a level to get games, whatever it may be. But I'd imagine over the coming weeks and probably the next couple of months, um, you know, the players that the club will be looking to retain will be giving new contracts fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we do have a giveaway on the go just now. I'll just quickly remind everybody. Um, it is a sign talk by all of the B-team players that we don't have in our possession yet, but we will. Um, so after this is finished, and I have to say this to people watching on Facebook and Twitter as well and YouTube, once the pod's finished, get over to YouTube, get back into the video, and in the comments of the video, not the live chat, in the comments of the video on YouTube, just put hashtag rabble. I'll get all the names together, put them into a hat. We'll draw the hat, and then I'll get the email address off the winner. Um, I can't stress enough. After this is finished, get into the comments. Please don't put it in the live chat. Don't put it in the Facebook comments. Don't put it in the Twitter comments. Get yourself over to YouTube. That way I can get all the names, everything's done, and we can get it drawn. Yeah, look, and the plan is moving forward. We will have more giveaways you know, we're looking to do more interviews with more players, with more coaches, with more of the staff. You know, we feel as though we can only get stronger with where we are at the moment. Um, and that's, like, where we want to be. I mean, if we bring in enough money this season, we can look at sponsoring two players next year. You know, and that's and that's what we want to do. We want to give more back. It's not, it's not about us taking loads of money and running away into the sunset. Do you know what I mean? That's, you know, that's unrealistic to even think. Well, I can, I can categorically... Um, confirm that YouTube doesn't pay you that much money. Yeah, exactly. So, like, for us on a personal basis, like, one of the biggest things, I think I tweeted about it yesterday as well, one of the biggest things we wanted to do as a group was to give back to the academy, to give back to the club. And one way of doing that was to sponsor a B-team player. We were happy to sponsor Darn. Um, and also, we're looking at other ways of doing other things, whether that's doing a live show and all of the proceeds for that maybe goes to RYDC. We're looking at a lot of things, guys. We're looking at things that will go towards the club. That's where we want to keep going. And I say, if we're lucky enough to keep the pod going the way it is, and the money keeps coming in, and you know the donations that people make via the, you know, the chat and stuff like that, that money all goes towards the club in the end because we're going to give it back because that's what's important to us. That's why we continue to do the academy pods, and we're obviously very and the women shows. Aye, and that's why we're thankful that you guys show up um, every other time we do these academy pods and, you know, backers. Um, do you know what? It is near a table, Curry Munster. I'm actually lying on my bed. That's how lazy the man is. That is how lazy the man I mean, look, is. I'm actually on my bed, look. Hey. That is how lazy <laughs> that man is. Um, but listen, that will do us for this week. Um, we're hoping that the games go ahead, but we will keep everybody updated on over on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Um, all the links are in the description. Make sure you give us a follow on all the socials. Obviously, it's weather dependent at this time of year. <laughs> I very much so. You know, so we will keep everybody updated. Um, again, just like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a, a follow as well over on Facebook and on uh, Twitter and stuff like that. Um, every like on YouTube is a massive help it, it helps share the video more than you know um 
a trying Scotsman there with a, a 199 super sticker. Thank you very much. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, William, thank you. No, and just to finish off quickly, Martin's explained so much about YouTube to me with the whole like, sort of algorithms and likes. <laughs> and I mean, it is crazy, but apparently the more likes you get, the more people can actually see your videos. So the more it shares it than YouTube. Yeah, look, we do appreciate every single person that comes on, that listens to me babbling on, and that obviously joins in and all the fun we have as well. So, yeah, look, keep tuning in. We're hopefully getting an interview. David McCallum's the next one I'm going to really pester the life out of until he comes on. So if Davey's listening, Davey, I'm going to keep pestering you, mate. And uh, thanks again for everybody that's obviously keeps joining in in the chats with us. We really do enjoy it. Yep, and make sure you're back on the Ravel at 8 o'clock. Um, we will have a preview to the Hibs. Maybe have a look back on Bayer Leverkusen as well and just chat all things General Rangers. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We shall speak to you soon. And good luck with the top giveaway. Podcast Network.